You're listening to episode 16 of the Notice Self Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Ward, and today I want to encourage you to start preparing. Whatever it is you're asking God for, whatever it is you're trusting him for, whatever it is that you want, start preparing for that thing beginning from today. Before moving into the house that I'm currently living in, I started to move out. (laughs) Um, And by move out, I mean I started to prepare for my next home by packing away the different rooms one by one. I started with my kitchen because, as you know, we have a lot of stuff in our kitchen. In our kitchen, so that would be the the room that takes the longest. And After the kitchen, I went through every room and started to pack away things little, 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 little. Now, this was before I even started to look for a house. This was before I even uh, found a house. This was way before I paid my first month's rent and my deposit for my new home. Why was I doing something like that? Why didn't I wait until I found the home before I started moving? I did that because for me, that was an act of faith. That was me knowing and believing that God is going to come through for me. And when he comes through for me, I have to be ready. I didn't want to wait until he answered to then get ready for what it is I asked him for. And I think that is what ties up a lot of us in some instances. We wait until God blesses us with the thing, then we start to get ready for it, or then we start to prepare to enjoy it. And that is not really faith. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. You don't have to wait until you receive in order to actually receive it. You receive it the moment you decide it's yours. You receive it the moment you say amen at the end of your prayer after asking God for that new job, for that new car, for that husband, for that wife, for whatever it is that you want to have right now. And so I packed. And at the time, uh, people around me, or those close to me were like, at least you don't have a house yet. You don't even know where you're going to stay, but half the house is already packed away. If you came to visit me, you would see boxes um, in a corner. You would see things that I don't use regularly already put aside and stuff like that because that was my faith. I was choosing to believe God even when I did not know when it was going to happen or how it was going to happen. I did actually start to look because... I can't just sit and expect God to just give me a house just like that. I have to actually go out and look for a home, ask questions, you know, that sort of thing. But during the process of looking, during the process of seeing what was out there, back home, I was already prepared to move in the event that I came across a home that I liked. So going back to what I was saying earlier about persons coming to to visit me, whenever my friends would come over, they'd be like, wait, what? What's going on here? And I, and I would confidently say to them, oh, I'm moving out soon. And when they would ask me where, I would say, I'm not sure yet, but the house will show up. I took in all the weird stares. I took in the whispers. I took in the side eyes. I took in the question marks on their faces thinking, is she for real? I took in all of that. And that is another thing you're going to have to get comfortable with. It's something that you're going to have to embrace. And that is when you are exercising your faith 
it's going to require doing things that other people won't understand. It's going to require you looking quote-unquote foolish to persons who don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I remember saying to someone who said that they wanted uh, a new Jeep. I said, why not go and test drive it? Why not go to the dealership, um, organize a day that you can do a test run and get comfortable in that vehicle, get get familiar with it, learn all the features, learn what it's capable of, ask all the questions that you can ask, familiarize yourself so much with the vehicle that if you see it on the road passing, you can know exactly what buttons to press to do what. You can see yourself turning the dial to your favorite radio station. And this is something my mentor taught me. She taught us that one of the ways to activate your faith or one of the ways to encourage your faith is to get to know the thing that you're asking for. If you want a new car, for example, and you're able to, go and take a test drive. Envelope yourself in the seats. Take in the scent of it. Touch everything. Ask all the questions. Become as familiar with the car as possible. Understand how it works with fuel so you can start to budget yourself for gas. Learn as much as you can and get as comfortable in that vehicle as you can so that when it is that it does become yours, you're already familiar with it. You don't have to ask questions. You don't have to go on YouTube and and try to figure out certain things because you've already done the work. You already made the preparations for it. I'll tell you another story. When I was trusting God for my vehicle, I did the crazy thing and I went and bought things for the car. Mind you, I did not have the car parked in my yard. I did not have the keys in my hand. I, I, the car was far away from me. As a matter of fact, the car wasn't even bought yet. All I know was I went to God. <laughs> I told God I would like to have a car. And as a way to encourage my faith, I went to my local car accessory store or whatever it is you want to describe it as. And I bought things for the car. I bought one of those steering wheel covers. I bought shampoo to wash the car. I bought air fresheners. I bought a tire pressure checker, if that is the right name. I just bought a few accessories for my car. And I put it together nicely in a caddy. And I said, when I get my car, it is going to go at the back. These are the essentials I'm going to have in my car. Because as a young woman, you just never know what's going to happen on the road. It's good to be prepared. So I had quite a few miscellaneous things or more so female things in the car as well. I had wipes. I had toilet paper. I had, I had a few things that I know I would need as a girl. In the event that something happened, I can just pull for those things, you know. And again, this was way before I got the car. And I placed that caddy in my room. And I was living by myself at the time. In the same house I was preparing to move out of, by the way. I I placed the caddy in a position in my room that I could see it every time I woke up. And it would be the last thing I saw before I go to bed. To take the quote-unquote craziness a step further, what I did was every day, every single day, I would spend a few minutes sitting on my bed with the steering wheel cover in my hand and I'd pretend to drive my car. Now, you might be thinking, okay, hold up. That's a little bit crazy. That's a little bit too much. But how badly do you want what you say you want? 
What are you willing to do to get into that feeling of already having it? What are you willing to do to get into that mindset of already having it? Are you willing to look a little bit crazy knowing that at the end of your faith practices, let's call them that, you're going to have in your hand or you're going to have the little experience of what it is you're trusting God for? Preparation is an act of faith. And to prove that, I'm going to take you to scripture because God himself endorses us to prepare as we wait for him. Because it shows that we trust that he is going to come through for us. James 2, 14 and 17 says, What good is it for people to say they have faith if their actions don't prove it? That's verse 14. Jump into verse 17. It says, So it is with faith. If it is alone and includes no actions, then it's dead. Sorry, I did not make note of what translation I read that from. I think it was from the Amplified, um, but I'll read it again. I'm reading James 2, 14 and 17. And 14 says, what good is it for people to say they have faith if their actions do not prove it? Jump into verse 17. It says, so it is with faith. If it is alone and includes no actions, then it's dead. This, in the King James, says faith without works is dead. That is the scripture we all know. We heard that scripture growing up. If it's the first time you're hearing the scripture, I am happy to introduce it to you. God is telling us faith without works is dead. In other words, preparation is an act of faith. You have to prepare for what you're asking God for. You can't wait until you actually have it then to start scampering, saying, oh, shoot, I need this. Oh, gosh, I need that. No. Let's say you're trusting God for a job. You might be thinking, Alisa, how on earth do I prepare for a job other than the conventional ways of having a resume ready, maybe having an idea of what sort of questions they might ask you and having answers to those questions in your mind and stuff like that. One way you can prepare for a job, and this too I learned from my mentor. I tell you, mentorship is so important, but that's another conversation for another time. What mom taught me, yes, I call her mom, so anytime you hear me say mom, I'm talking about one person. She's my pastor, she's my mentor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. One thing that you can do to prepare for a job, if it is you're trusting God for a job, if it is you want a job, a new job, is to prepare your clothes for the job. At least I don't have no clothes. That's why I want a job, because my closet is looking kind of bleak. Well, why not ask God to bless you with at least one outfit for that job? Whether you're a guy or girl, ask God to bless you with one top and one bottom, at least something that you can go into the interview with, right? to make a good first impression. If you want to take it up a notch and you, and you have the faith to really push for more, why not ask God for two outfits? The whole purpose of that is when the interview process comes around, you'll be ready. You'll have something to wear. And not only that, but then when you get the job, not if you get the job, when you get the job, you'll have something to wear on your first day of work. If it is that the job has uniforms, even better. You won't have to worry about what to wear because the, the establishment would be providing for you your daily clothing, so to speak. Prepare. You have to prepare. It may seem foolish at the time, 
But I think the feeling of foolishness stems from telling the wrong people or being around people who don't understand our faith. And that takes me to another point. You don't have to tell people what you're doing. You don't have to tell people what you're trusting God for. That is none of their business. That's between you and God. I either spoke about that recently or I, I mentioned that on my Instagram. And you can follow me at Her Candid Life. I said, there are some conversations that are just between you and God. Nobody else has to know. If it is you want a new job, nobody has to know that. If it is that you want to increase your salary, you want to make twice the amount you're making now, three times the amount you're making now, that's between you and God. You don't have to tell nobody about all of that. If it is you want to move, nobody has to know. If you want to buy a car, nobody has to know. When people don't understand your faith, when people don't have the same faith as you, they inject fear, they inject doubt because they can't understand how it's, it's going to happen. They don't see it happening for you because one, it didn't happen for them. And two, some people just don't want you to elevate. Some people just don't want you to be better in life. So to protect yourself, to protect your own mindset as you prepare, be quiet. Say less. Don't go walking around saying, oh, I'm trusting God for this car. I can't wait to get it. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Don't give people an opportunity to, to inject any sort of negativity. When you're trusting God for something, you have to incubate it. And that is something, again, I learned from my mentor. You have to protect that thing like an unborn child until you get it. Because until then, Unless your faith is at a level where any form of attack from the enemy you can fight off, you're going to have to be very careful because people are going to attach a whole ton of negative stuff to your desire. People are going to tell you things like, what do you want with that? Why would you want to move? What's wrong with the house? Why do you want another vehicle? What's wrong with the one that you have now? Let me be the one to tell you upgrading is not a problem for God. Upgrading is between you and God. If you're making $5,000 and you want to make ten, go for it. If you're driving a car, you want to upgrade to a Jeep, by all means, do what makes you happy. If where you are now in life is not satisfying, it's not making you happy, and you just want a new beginning, you just want a fresh start, go to God and ask him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. His word says that we don't have because we don't ask. Here it is, God wants to give you so much and all he wants you to do is come and ask. There's so many things that you can choose from. He just wants you to ask. And in asking, he wants you to now have the faith, believe that he can do it for you. And to encourage your belief, to strengthen your belief, to help you hold to that desire until it becomes real, you have to prepare. Preparation is an act of faith. I'm not telling you something that I have not executed myself. I'm not sharing, sharing with you something that I can't identify with. I've done it before. I prepared for a house I didn't even see long before the house came to being. I prepared for a car I didn't even have way before the car was in the container coming to Antigua and arrived at the port. I was ready for it. I had things to clean it. I had, you know, a little air freshener. And those things, when you look at those things, it really encourages your faith. Let's say you are trusting God for an increase. And you might be wondering, okay, Alicia, how can I prepare for an increase? Well, one of the things that I used to do often was I would take up one of my notebooks 
I love notebooks and pens. Fun fact right there. I would take up one of my notebooks and I would write my new budget. Again, this is something my mentor taught me. A lot of the things I share with you are wisdom, are gems that she passed on to me. I would rewrite my new budget, put at the top what my new salary is, and budget myself accordingly. And I would do that over and over and over again until I felt comfortable, until I felt happy seeing myself making X amount of money, seeing myself allocating this to that and that to this. Another thing that I did that you might think is crazy, but it worked for me because I'm making, I am making now what I asked God for a while back, a while back. And not only that, but I'm making more because one of the things that I will always preach, I will always say time and time again is when you ask God for something, he always throws in extra, always. Before I mention the point I was going to mention, let me expound a little bit about that, about God throwing in extra. When I got my car, it came with um, one of those, what do you call them? Um, it came with those things. Please don't laugh. Please forgive me if, if the words aren't coming to me at the moment. But it came with one of those things that puts air in my tire. Those little machines that you plug into your cigarette lighter and then you push it into the tire and if you have a flat it puts air in the tire the name just isn't coming to me I'm sorry but yeah it came with that that for me is extra I wasn't expecting that I didn't ask for that I didn't even know that I really was not expecting that the home that I have now what I asked God for was a one bedroom but I end up getting a two bedroom for the one bedroom price that's God saying you know you really want a two-bedroom. You know you want to have a little home studio. Why are you asking me for one? Just just, just hold a two-bedroom, Jack, you know? And I was so happy. Like, I am paying what a one-bedroom costs for a two-bedroom. Quiet neighborhood, nice, all that good stuff. You know, all those things. I say that to say that, or to encourage you rather, Whatever it is you're trusting God for, he's going to throw in some extras. I can't tell you what the extra will be because I don't know. I'm not God. I'm, I'm not beside him putting things together for you. But I can tell you to expect extra. He's going to give you extra. God don't just give you things exact. He's not a measuring cup that would be like, oh, this is where it cuts off. You ask for this, I'm going to give you this. No, God always throws in extra. So to go back to my point now about wanting an increase, if it is you want to up your faith, one of the things that I did was I printed out um, a fake check, right? It didn't have no specific bank on it. It was just a plain check that you can Google or, you know, if you can find a template in Word, you can do that as well. And I wrote my name and I wrote the amount that I wanted to make and I wrote the time frame. I wrote a, a month in faith that I saw myself making that kind of money. Now, you don't have to put that kind of, um, I don't want to say pressure, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to. You can just put your name and the amount you want to make. You can put Jennifer, $6,000. And you stick that up. If you live by yourself, you can stick it up on your wall, wherever it's visible for you. And you you see yourself making that kind of money. Start a budget for that for that kind of income. If it is your wrong people, they don't want people all up in your business, which I can understand. You know, you can kind of have it hidden in a book and ever so often open it, look at it, and see yourself making that kind of money. 
God himself tells us, what's the point of saying you have faith if your actions don't back it up? That's not how faith works. Faith without works is dead. So I encourage you, whatever it is that you want, whether it be a new car, whether it be a new home, whether it be a new apartment, you could want a new beginning to move to a different country, whatever it is, start preparing for that thing now. If you're not exactly sure what your preparation process looks like, depending on what it is you want, go to God and ask him, God, what can I do today to start to prepare for what it is I want? What can I do to encourage my faith? And trust me, he will give you some really good ideas. Faith without works is dead. You have to get in motion for things to happen. So keep that scripture at the forefront of your mind. It's James 2, 14 and 17. And I'll read it one last time before I close. It says, what good is it for people to say they have faith if their actions don't prove it? And verse 17 says, so it is with faith. If it's alone and includes no actions, then it's dead. Your actions are what feed faith. Your actions are what bring faith to life. So whatever it is you want, I don't care what it is. Once you want it, once you see it adding more joy, greater happiness, greater satisfaction to your life, go after it. And in going after it, prepare for it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of NTSD. I hope today's session was encouraging. I hope it was inspiring. And most importantly, I hope it was provoking. Because that, that is the, the goal, to provoke you to good works. Okay? Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify. And also, follow me on Instagram at HerCandidLife. Until our next session, you're listening to Notice of Diaries.